anxieties before you, Lord, and we can, we can lay them down at your feet. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you, I ask you, Lord, to speak to us in a new and a clear way today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. And then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up, even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart. And let not those who are out in the country enter it, for these are days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Woof. Well, how do you feel about all that? Praise the Lord. How do you feel about it? That's heavy. Amen. That's a lot. And uh, praise the Lord. Welcome to the church. Amen. Where's Hebrew at? Overgard. Where are you? There you guys are. Man, we went and we, uh, we, 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 we planted officially our Hebrew Overgard campus. You are the church. Amen. Say amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome. 
to the church, because you're the church. Praise the Lord. Amen. So check this out, man. I got a few questions to begin with. With you here, you there, if you're watching online or wherever else you're at, all right? Check this out. Do you really, do you really believe, all right, that there is life beyond this life? Come on, man. You got to think about this. All right. That's kind of crazy. All right. I'm sure we all kind of have that. But here, let's get it even crazier. Do you, do you believe that it's a life that only Christ can give? All right. In Christ. Amen. And if you, if you believe those things, all right, and if you believe that, let me ask you these questions. Do you, do, well, because of that, do you, do you live a life of victory because of what you know? No matter what happens to you or around you, not so many yeses that time. Where were the amens on that one? Amen. All right, do you live a life of victory because of what you know, no matter what happens to you, no matter how crazy this life will get, how awesome it gets, all right, to you or even around you? Or is your life a life of fear? Or is it a life of indifference? And we really need to consider this, man, because our mouth can say a lot of things, all right? But where, where are we really at? You see, in the scripture that we have for today and for next week, it's, a, it's pretty awesome, man. Uh, you know, there's a, he, he keeps going. We're only going to verse 24 today. We're in Luke chapter 21. We're only going to verse 24, and it's going to keep going, right? But, but Jesus gives his disciples a warning to prepare them for their future because they're saying, it's, this is coming, and what we know, uh, because through history, that, that a lot of the things that Jesus was talking about in that scripture has already happened. I'm going to share that with you. All right? But if we pay attention, we'll recognize that, that we too can be informed and prepared for our future as well, if we pay attention. So what I know today, man, is that the past, all right, may not control our today, but it can definitely inform it. Amen? If we're paying attention. You see, as it happened, all right, for Jerusalem then, at the time of this scripture and right after, all right, as it happened then, you know, it's going to happen again in the world next. You see, there have been warnings after warnings and preparation after preparation since the beginning of time, all right? You know, God said, hey, man, this is going to happen. It's going to come down. It's going to be a judgment. Bam. And it would happen. And then bam. And it would happen. And then bam. And it would happen. And finally, we're at the last call. All right? We're at the last call, man. This the same warning that was for them then is for us today. I remember when I was visiting San Quentin State Prison, all right? They had on the sides of the walls, everywhere you go, there was these signs plastered, no warning shots. Now, I'm encouraged already just hanging out there, all right? No warning shots. That's what it said. All right? Basically, we have been given the preparation, all right? And here's what I know because of this. We see that, and it's heavy. It's even a little bit frightening, a little bit, you know, whoa, wait a second. But, well, we're not called to live, all right, in fear, but to live, but to live aware of our eternity. All right? We're called to live fully alive, all right, being made that way by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're called to live this life out loud, all right, prepare today for what's coming tomorrow as well as preparing other people and letting them know, man. So this week, we're, we're going to take a look at how yesterday, the stuff that went down, all right, that already happened, informs us today. 
And next week, we're going to take a look at how today should prepare us for what's coming tomorrow because, you know, it's, it's, it's happening. Amen? So we're in Luke 21. We're starting in verse 5. All right, and uh, the scene We've just, this is the last few days of Jesus' life on the planet uh, before he is crucified, and then he comes back, obviously, all right, and, uh, and then he's coming back again, all right, and, um, and so this is some of the things that he was teaching those last couple of days, and, and uh, we've seen he was teaching in the temple, all kinds of crazy stuff going on in there. Well, then here he kind of retreats with some of his disciples up to this mountain, this little hill, not a big mountain, but a hill called the Mount of Olives. And basically, if you sat on this hill, you had a really good view of Jerusalem and the temple and everything. And as he's sitting there, he has this conversation with his disciples. So let's pray because we're his disciples too, amen? And so, Father, we praise you. And we give you the honor and we give you the glory, Lord God. Oh, God, just, man, remove me out of the way, Lord. And... Uh, I pray, Lord God, that, that you help us speak through this word that you've given us in Jesus' name. Amen. So in verse 5, it says, and while some were speaking of the temple, they're kicking back on this hill, they can see everything. While some were speaking of this temple, of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings. All right, he said, basically, he's, they're, they're commenting how beautiful the temple was. You know, and the temple was the center of Jewish life for almost a thousand years now. Right, uh, and it went down for a minute, and then it came back. They rebuilt it, and now uh, the the current, you know, that that king, that earlier king uh, Herod, was 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 totally just making it extremely huge. Man, at the time of this writing, the temple ground was like four football fields wide in length, and five football fields long in length, and that's just huge. When you think about how big it is, and it wasn't only big, it was actually extremely beautiful. Right? The Jewish historian Josephus, contemporary to that time, said that, that the temple was, 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 uh, was literally gold-plated in most parts. There was actual gold plate, man, just all over the, the sides and, and around the, the doors and everything of the building. And where there wasn't gold plate, there was just huge chunks of marble, all right? This white marble that was, that was like, uh, it, was, it was pure white and it was like 60 feet wide, all right? Uh, long, actually 60 feet long, about 12 feet high, the pieces, all right? And uh, 18 feet wide. That's big pieces of marble. And they were all over the building, and it was said that if you were approaching Jerusalem, all right, you, it looked like the Temple Mount was covered with snow because it just shines so brightly. And it's crazy how we can make idols out of things that were meant to point us to God, right? Because everybody would always compliment on, on, the, on the temple, and it was quite complimentary, all right? And, and they, they, you know, if you would, uh, you could actually, if you wanted to really mean, make your point, you would swear by the temple because you don't want to break that oath, right? And uh, yeah, there was just a lot going on with that. And they said, how, how was adorned? And, you know, some were speaking of the temple, how was adorned and noble with stones uh, and offerings. And he said, as for these things that you see, Jesus says, 
The days will come upon, will come when, when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. This thing that you're admiring so much. And it's crazy because around 40 years after he said that, it actually happened. Right? In 70 AD, there was a big Jewish revolt against, they finally revolted against Rome. Right? And uh, right there in Palestine, and they got crushed. They did okay when they first started out, but then they got, they got crushed. And Jerusalem was leveled, including the temple, just as Jesus said it would 40 years before it happened. The, the last surviving Jews was during that time when it was getting crushed, they, they, they jammed themselves into the temple and they were hiding in the temple. And one Roman soldier, oh, the story goes that he was just really drunk and he, he lit uh, you know, a fire outside the temple and it actually caught, lit up the whole temple. The whole temple just caught on fire. And because the heat was just so intense that the gold that was on the roof started to melt into the cracks between the marble. And one Roman commander wanting to get all that gold out of, 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 you know, hey, we need that gold, started to dissemble, disassemble the temple stone by stone just to get the gold. And literally the, the temple was taken apart, stone off of stone. They didn't hear what Jesus said. They weren't trying to make his prophecies come true. It just happened that way. And Jesus knew it was going to happen. The destruction was so complete of the temple that today you can't even tell exactly where the temple was. You can still find remnants of, of walls and temple walls around the temple and stuff like that, right? Uh, but everything else is gone. The temple building itself is just dust. And Jesus was saying basically, man, you may look, this may look impressive, Right now, but at time, in a time, it's just going to be dust. Just like everything else that we elevate in our life apart from Christ. And we can learn a lot from our past, right? If we pay attention. And they're, hit, they're hanging out with him right there, man. And you got to imagine these guys are tripping. They're like, wait a second, what? And then Jesus, they asked Jesus, they said to him, teacher, when will these things be? What will be the sign when these things are about to take place? You know, at least they believed him, right? They didn't freak out in fear and they didn't like just kind of dismiss it, you know, or exact for exact times or anything like that. And they didn't just write it off like they can care less. Instead, they wanted to know what we want to know. How can we be ready? Right? If God said some stuff was going to happen, I can guarantee you it is going to happen. Amen. He has gotten it right 100% of the time since he created this planet. He'll continue to get it right. How can we be ready? And Jesus goes into this dissertation, man, and he just kind of weaves in what's getting ready to happen in their near future, which is our past, and actually weave in a little bit of what's happening in our future. And we need to pay attention this week and next week. Don't miss it. All right, we're only given the first half today. And today we're talking about yesterday and today. Next week, we're going to talk about today and tomorrow. And it's, a, it's very important and Jesus said this, he said, see that you're not led astray for many are gonna come in my name and, and, and say, I'm him, all right? And then, or it's ready, it's time, all right? He says, don't go after them. Jesus warned them, he says, don't be fooled that people, all right, will, will do their best to pull you away. 
Jesus also tells us in other places, when I do come back, guess what? Nobody on the planet will miss it. You're not going to think, nobody's going to have to tell you, hey, Jesus got back, dude. Get ready. Come on, let's get our stuff. You're, everybody on the planet is going to know it, man. He says this, lightning flashes from one side to the sky to the other. The whole world will see the return of Christ. Ask me how he's going to do it. I don't know, man. He's God. He pulls stuff like that off all the time. And, when, and here's what happened back then when the Romans came against Jerusalem, 6,000 refugees, they died inside that temple, that fire. And they were deluded by a false prophet just right after Christ, 30 years after Christ, or 40 years after Christ. A false prophet told them, man, okay, we're getting attacked by the Romans. Head for the temple. He said, literally said this, man. He says, you know, if we head to the temple, we will receive the tokens of our deliverance. You know, sounds pretty churchy. All right, we're going with you. Shouldn't have. Jesus said, don't be fooled. And they all died in there. Just 100 years later, another Jewish dude comes along the scene claiming to the Jews that he's the Messiah. Yeah, I'm him. 100 years later after this, says, I'm him. A bunch of guys followed him. They went and tried to take down Rome. Again, got crushed. Since then, over you know, thousands and thousands of people have come on the scene claiming to be Jesus, haven't you? We've seen it. All right? And some people gather huge followings of people who don't read their Bibles. It's easy to mislead people who don't read their Bibles with a little bit of truth, but not, and then a lot of lies. It's real easy to deceive them, man. This is why it's so important. You and I are about, boom, don't just trust me. You know what I mean? You're like, how can I tell? Because my pastor said it so swell. No, 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 no. Read your Bibles. Read this, man. And read it in community. There's constantly people, man, they are giving these half-truths. And then there's those crazy people. Like, we knew Charles Manson wasn't Jesus. We knew that for a fact, man. Boom. Said, look at the guy. And you knew it. All right? David Koresh, man, we knew that guy. My buddy Frank, all right, running down the 101 back in the day, all right, naked, saying he's Jesus Christ, trying to pull off cars. Kind of knew he wasn't Jesus. Jesus says, don't go after him. Remember what I told you about how the FBI, how they study for a counterfeit? They don't study the, the, the counterfeit. They study the real bill. Read your Bibles, man. Stay in the word. Pope personally and in community. Understand that God and the life that God has planned for you. Right? And if... Uh, if you're watching online right now and in your mom's basement in your underwear, all right, eating Lucky Charms with all kinds of charts about end times, man, throw those things away. Get in community, all right? Put your pants on, get in community, and read the Bible with people who love Jesus. That's a real, because he's, he's, I love you. Put the Lucky Charms aside, put your pants on, and get busy. He says, when you hear of wars, and I cannot pronounce this word for the life of me, tumults, tumults, those things, the craziness, all right? He says, don't be terrified for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. We keep putting all these little charts up, man. And then he said, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. You see, back then, Rome was constantly trying to take over the world, all right? So they were constantly at war. So there were wars all around them, wars with the Jews, wars with the Samaritans, wars with Syrians. 
and others during that time. Today, man, you have to live under a rock to not know that the world has got wars going everywhere. And what I know about this is God is not surprised by any of it. He's not surprised by the state of our world and we shouldn't be surprised about it either. And we gotta know it's not gonna, it's gonna get worse. But that doesn't mean that we can't help people get better along the way, amen? Help people know Jesus along the way, amen? And then he says, there's gonna be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilence, and there'll be terrors and great signs from heaven. <clears throat> and here Jesus weaves into not only what's in their future and in actually their current reality, but will also usher in the return of Christ. Some things like this, the wars, the nations, the famines and the earthquakes and all that stuff. What we do know is right around this time, the great emperor, uh, the, the Roman empire, all right, has some crazy stuff happen. I don't know if you've heard of Pompeii. All right, where I think it was uh, the volcano Vesuvius, all right, blew, and, and, and then this whole community, this thriving community was just, was just covered in ash and pumice, and then they're like mummified in this, in this state. That happened right around during the Roman Empire around this time. And there were signs in heaven. During the time of the destruction of Jerusalem, there was literally a comet in the sky that was witnessed by so many people. All right, a lot of people, historians alike, you know, uh, that a comet in the sky that looked like the shape of a sword. And it was tripping people out. And today, all right, that was then. And then today we hear of these natural disasters. We got them all around us. And we don't live in fear of these things. But we live in victory because of what we know. And more importantly, because of who we know. You see, this is not a message for you to just, you know, to be afraid. Be afraid. You know, this is not what that is. All right? This is a message that says get close and stay close. You hear me say that all the time. And now you probably even know better why. Get close and stay close. Get close to Jesus, man, and stay close to Jesus completely. If Jesus was wearing cargo pants, I would be in this pocket right here. Right here, just hanging out. What's happening? You know, that's where I'd be. I ain't going nowhere. He says, but therefore, he says, but before all this, he said, look, but before all this happens, man, before all this happens, they're going to lay their hands on you. They're going to persecute you. He's telling his disciples this. These guys are right there. They're in the room, man. They're like, well, outside, but I mean, they're right there. And he's looking, he says, he's telling them some pretty wild things. Their hair's probably flying back while he's talking. And he says, before all that happens, he tells the boys, man, he says, look at all, they're going to lay their hands on you, man. They're going to persecute you. Deliver you up to the synagogues and and the prisons. They're going to deliver you up to places of worship and the places of penalty. And, and you're going to be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake, for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to be brought before these people to give testimony, to give your, to give your, to give your, your you know, to basically lay it down, man. Why do you believe what you believe? Do you know? So this is going to be your opportunity to bear witness. So settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate before how you answer. Some people take this out of context. They think, I don't need to prepare for sermons or for talks because I'm just not, you know, it says not to meditate. In a different context. Get in the word, study the word, share the word of God. Amen? 
It says, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom in which none of you of your adversaries will be able to withstand. There's a lot of people got mouths. Everybody's got a mouth. Not many of them got wisdom. May we be the ones that say, we got a mouth and wisdom. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. That's a big deal. Which none of your adversaries will be able to contradict or withstand. Peter and John were right there. And within a few months, they're going to be taken before the synagogue leaders just because they heal a cat outside the temple before the temple got you know, burnt down and everything. They heal this dude and, and some people are like, what are you doing? You know, and they're like, hey, this is you know, because of Christ. And it says that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, gave this amazing testimony that none of them can contradict. And they actually started talking amongst themselves and they were just saying, you know what? You know, what are we gonna do? You know, this a real miracle happened, but they're saying this name that we're trying to eliminate from the community. And they looked at him and realized these guys are uneducated men, but they can tell that they've been with Jesus. It's in Acts chapter four. They saw that they were uneducated men, but they said, you know what? It was evident that these guys have been hanging out with Jesus. I wish somebody would say that about me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's evident that, you know what, you, 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 you are hanging out with Jesus. Don't you want that testimony? Not too long, there would be another kid named Stephen. Giving testimonies, again, to some of the religious leaders. Sharing from the time of Abraham all the way through Old Testament history. You know, giving a picture of Jesus Christ all the way through and finally just declaring Christ and they couldn't stand it. And they couldn't take it and they covered their ears and they killed this kid. There was a dude named Paul. Well, actually, his name was Saul at the time and he held their jackets. Let me hold your coats while you take this cat out. Who later would have an encounter with God and he'd never hold jackets like that again. Matter of fact, now they wanted to kill him. He started testifying, not only before the, the synagogue leaders, but in the prison as well. He started testifying all the way to Caesar and governors and kings all the way there about the lordship of Christ Jesus. You see, this kind of testimony requires staying close, getting close and staying close. Amen? In verse 16, he says, you will be delivered even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And some of you will be put to death. Why? Because of the excommunication uh, that follows Jesus people. Get them out of here. Or even because of the persecution that follows Jesus people. Get them out of here. Those who don't claim Christ in order to save face will hand over those who do claim Christ. And that didn't just happen. That still happens today. Hopefully it's far from us. At least our testimony. I'm sure there are people in our lives that will claim us one day and they want to claim us another day because of who we claim every day. Jesus. God's going to speak through them, but that, that doesn't always mean that their message is going to be accepted. Amen? But that's up to him. That's not up to us. See, this warning is important since fear of family rejection is going to keep some from following Jesus. We know this. Being a disciple comes with a price. Verse 17, he says, you're going to be hated by all people for my name's sake. 
And I believe that the word all is thrown in here. He's saying it is mainly linguistic because we, I've always wanted to use that word in a sentence. It's pretty awesome. All right. Mainly linguistic. All right. Because some of the community, some of the community will, will love these followers of Jesus and many outside the community will not. He says, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. This is where we needed to get today. This is where I want us to stop. This is where I want us to take a pause, all right? All this stuff is gonna happen, man. All this craziness is gonna come again, all right? We may or may not see it in our lifetime, but it is coming, and we need to be prepared, and we need to be preparing others. Not by just making a bunch of canned food. That might help, I don't know, all right? Or just creating big old holes in the ground, and we're gonna hang out here. No, by standing in a life that is sold out for Jesus Christ, by our endurance, all right, we will gain our lives. He says, check this out. He says, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Jesus is telling us to hold on to our faith, even in the midst of struggle and persecution. He's telling us to hold on, man. See, real saving faith doesn't renounce Jesus ever. At all. It holds on to him tight, especially when things get rugged. Real saving faith, man, holds on to Jesus, all right? And if we have that hiccup in life, we come back and we hold tight again. And I would challenge you, all right, that, that to cease to trust Jesus, maybe even completely, you know, to, to completely stop trusting Jesus, maybe is to have never trusted him at all. You say, how can you say that? Well, I see Judas completely stopped trusting Jesus. Completely stopped trusting Jesus. And then that the circumstances that followed his life were quite natural. But then I saw Peter, which we're going to talk about in a few weeks, follow Jesus at a distance when he's being arrested and then begin to, but not ultimately, begin to deny that he don't know him, man. I don't know him. I don't know him. Three times. But only to come back. Repenting. Serve Christ. See, our only permanent possession in this world is our soul. It's the only thing that's permanent. And when you lose your soul, man, you have literally lost everything. When you give up your soul, you've given up everything. That's why I say, hold tight to Jesus and be fully alive. Hold tight to Jesus and be fully alive, even in the face of death. Hold tight and be fully alive, even in the face of death. When the enemy comes and threatens me with my life, I'm like, is that all you got? With my life. Because it's his, amen. You can't take the life that is inside of me No one can ever take that life from you. I love the words, that, the way that Paul, the apostle, write, writes of this and he just, just proclaims this in 2 Corinthians. Corinthians, Corinthians, getting excited here. All right. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, he says, we don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Do you get that? He said, I'm not going to lose heart. Basically, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be dismayed. I'm not going to be all just living in fear, man, and craziness. But because even though what, is, what you see on the outside is wasting away and will someday be gone from your sight, at least for here and now, and that, and, but later on, you might may see me again. All right? He says, I don't lose heart because of that, because our inner self is being renewed every day. He says, this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Nothing can compare to the life that you have in Christ Jesus starting now, but in eternity, woo, you ain't, there ain't nothing come near to that. Amen. Now, I know this. He says, as we look not to the things that are seen, earthquakes, famines, nation rising against nation, for the things that are seen, they're just transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Amen. Then he goes on in verse 20. And he gives them another glimpse of what's getting ready to happen in their in their current immediate future. He says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that it's Jerusalem's desolation has come near. He says, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are inside the city get out of it, get out of the city. Because it's coming down. Rome is going to come down, and they're going to come down hard. And let, those, let not those who are outside the city come in the city. Jesus said, you don't care how hard you fight this one, I've ordered, this is how I've ordered it, and this is how it's going to go down. Why? He says, for these are the days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. You have to remember when you reject Jesus, he, Jesus came, he was the Christ, and he presented himself to Jerusalem, he presented himself to the Jews, he made it clear, and it was rejection, rejection, rejection. There was a remnant, just like this one room here, that were like totally following him, just hanging on everywhere, and they were there with him, they ain't going nowhere. Live or die, we're all yours. We don't live a life of worry, we live a life of worship, amen? But, the, but Jerusalem and, and then everyone at that time were rejecting him. And when we reject Jesus, he said, you reject Almighty God, or the creator of time and space, man. And, and when you reject Jesus, you're literally rejecting everything. See, we know he's talking about Jerusalem because when these events came up on the, on the whole world, when this, option, you know, when this does happen to us and it comes upon the whole world, there isn't going to be any place to run, to flee uh, uh, to the mountains. There's not going to be any place. A matter of fact, in Revelations, it says when it does come to that time, people who don't know him are going to just beg for a mountain to just fall on top of them so they can just be hidden from what's taking place. This is the last for women who are pregnant 
And for those who are nursing infants those days, these are the most vulnerable in the society when crud like this happens, you know. Is that there going to be great distress upon the earth and the, again, and the wrath against this people? And they're going to fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among the nations again. This is not the first time this has happened to the Jews. And will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And in that last little bit there, we have a glimpse of yesterday, a glimpse of today, and a glimpse of tomorrow. Yesterday, after the destruction of Jerusalem, there's going to be a long period when Jerusalem will be dominated by those who are not Jews, which they call the Gentiles. They were, they, they were, they, in 70 AD, they were scattered. Jerusalem was leveled. And they weren't, they didn't come back until 1948, almost 2,000 years later. All right, Jewish state was established again. But it wasn't even until 1968 that the Jews, all of it, because the whole thing, because they, they, they grant administration to the Temple of Mount to Palestinian authority. It's still, there's still a lot going on. And so it can be argued that prophetically speaking, all right, that Jerusalem is still being trampled by the enemy. By the enemy, excuse me, by the Gentiles. But tomorrow, we got to know, man, that Israel has a future in God's plan. They're not done. God's not done. He's not, he's not you know, just cast them off and, okay, I'm going to take you guys. And the whole earth will know it. See, God prepared his people for what actually took place at that time in Rome. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, you read it, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 through 68, you see all these things that were gonna come to pass that actually happened there with Rome. It, it, was, it was, God prepared them, he warned them. Jesus is preparing his disciples in this discourse on the Mount of Olives. He said, look at man, this is gonna happen. He's preparing them, he's warning them. And he's preparing us today. He's warning us and preparing us today. The question is, are you listening? Are you leaning in? See, too often we become our worst enemy in this whole scene. We give live service and that's it. Back in the early 60s, in the Bronx Zoo, there was an attraction there uh, called the, you know, where, where they had the, the, the most dangerous animal in the world. The most dangerous animal in the world. And you, if you would go to the Bronx Zoo back then, and they actually did another one in Chicago later on, all right? If you would go to the Bronx Zoo, it would be, you'd find this quote unquote attraction in between where the gorillas were and where the orangutans were. It says in between there, you had the most dangerous animal in the world. And when you showed up there, and you looked inside the window, there was a mirror. Look at this picture, I got a picture of it real quickly. It's an old picture. There was a mirror. And underneath the mirror, it said this. It said, you are looking at the most dangerous animal in the world. It alone, of all the animals that ever lived, can exterminate and has exterminated entire species of animals. And now it has achieved the power to wipe out life on earth. 
including its own. We've been given a great word today. You and me. I am a recipient of this with you. I am the church with you. And I believe that there are three ways that we can respond to this message and live in the world today. There are three major ways, man. And then you, I think every other way that you try to live will, will point to one of these ways. Knowing what we know today or what we've learned this morning, we can choose to live, number one, in fear. We can live in fear. Afraid of what's going to happen. And so we're looking for those false messiahs, those false Jesuses, or just anybody with a chart that we can just kind of maybe number the days and figure this out. And we're living in fear, man, and we're running around trying to follow every fake sign that we can follow rather than just open our scriptures and read it with our, with our family in Christ and learn and see what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, because he is speaking today. We can live in fear or we can live indifferent. Like we don't really care. We can live with that whole smile now, cry later. Pleasure seeking and self-fulfillment. Or maybe indifference with the whole little Jesus life. You know, have you ever had someone say, you need a little Jesus in your life. Man, I don't, ever, I don't, I don't know if there's such a thing as a little Jesus. I'll tell you this, man. If, if Jesus is little in your life, then that's probably the wrong Jesus. So we can live in fear, we can live in different, or we can live in Christ. And live a life of complete victory over this life and in the next. A life that is fully alive from the inside out. When I was reading about David in 2 Samuel, David was fighting all these wars and he was, you know, in the name of the Lord, he was going and moving and fighting and winning. And God, do I fight this one? Yes. Do I fight this one? Yes. And the, and the scripture says that the Lord blessed David in everything he was doing. And I challenge us with this by thinking this life in Christ. We say it around here often. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory, right? We don't fight for victory. He won. We fight from victory. But there's still, we still need to fight, right? We still need to fight. Fight for the name of Christ, the glory of Jesus, and the lives of others. Amen. Praise the Lord, man. I, 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 I have a little last thing. The past may not control you today, but will you let it inform you today? Amen. Don't miss next week, man. Love you guys. Praise the Lord. Whew, that was crazy. <laughs>